Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll be in our essential series for a follower of Christ. We'll look at the true cost of discipleship. If you have your Bible ready, we'll be in the book of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. If you would like to get any of the other teachings from this series, you can go to calvarydivine.org. Here is the first half of this two-part study. So, when somebody gives their life to Christ, what happens is they are justified. Justification is what happens. And what justification is, is that means you ask Christ into your heart, you believe that Jesus died and was resurrected, right? And then sometimes what will happen is people will say the sinner's prayer. Uh, and, and so, you're justified in that moment, meaning that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're covered by the blood of Christ, and so when God sees you, He sees His Son. So your past, your present, your future sin has been forgiven. But as Christians, one of the things we talked about as, a, as an essential for us as a follower of Christ is to do what? To deal with your sin. Because you're still a sinner. And so you need to confess it daily. You need to deal with it. Because if you don't, it just creates a drifting that happens between you and God. And that's what happens with a lot of people. Uh, we, we talked about the other essentials, which is prayer. God wants to hear from you every day. It's a relationship. It is not a religion. It's not a religion. And then we talked about how we speak. should be godly speech, graced uh, with, with salt and grace, right? And, and, you know, and then we talked about the love of Christ, that we are in our relationship with God. We talked about that last week, that we are to love the Lord your God, your God, it has to be personal, something you choose to do. The relationship that you have personally, not your wife's relationship, not your husband's relationship, not your mom's and dad's. You choose to follow. And then you love your Lord God with what? All your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Not part of your heart, part of your soul, or part of your mind. And then he tells you to do what? Love people. And I will tell you this right now, if you don't get that first one right, you will struggle with loving people. And if you don't get that first one right, you should not be discipling anybody. Your relationship with God needs to be on point. And, and so when we look at justification, justification is the moment that we give our hearts to Christ and we are forgiven of our sins, but what happens after that is you're in sanctification. Sanctification is God is preparing you for heaven. But he's going to use you here on earth. And he's going to start weeding out that old life and make you a new creation. Glorification doesn't happen until we go home to be with God. 
So in the meantime, what God is doing is just like gold. And I know how many of us watch the Discovery Channel. We watch those gold shows, right? There's many of them. I mean, they got Baron Single. They got, I mean, they got all types of it. But what they do is when that gold comes out of the ground or comes out of the sea, it's dirty. There's impurities in it. And so they melt it down. And then they scoop out all those impurities. And then they do what? They get the gold out, and then guess what they do again? They melt it down again. And they scoop out all those impurities. And that's what sanctification is. God is, is, is melting us down so that way when He looks down into that gold, He sees the reflection of who? Christ. And so discipleship as we are in now is, is, is for those that are followers of Christ. Are, are, we have to understand that, that God has called us to do two things. You've been commanded to do two things. One is to what? Preach the gospel. The other is to do what? Make disciples. You can't get out of those two. Oh, it, that's just the pastor's job. No. No. It was for every disciple. That's what we've all been called to do. We've all been called to share the gospel. We've all been called to make disciples. That is, and it's not a suggestion. It's actually a command given by Jesus. And so when we look at those two things, uh, one of the things that we do understand is that discipleship, when we, when we disciple somebody, there's always the ups and downs of discipleship. Why? If that person's an addict, guess what? It's probably going to happen. They're probably going to fall back into that sin at some point. And that's part of your discipleship is you walk life with that person. And you're pointing them to Christ. There are going to be times when you're going to have to persevere through those troubles with that person. There's going to be times when, that, when you give godly counsel and they are going to reject it. It happens. And you need to be prepared for that. And so we shouldn't go into a surprise. Like if you're discipling somebody who struggles with an alcohol addiction, you're going to have to understand at some point they're going to fall back into it. That's how they handle it. You do what? You don't point them to you. You point them to Jesus. And so for discipleship, there's some, some basic things that we need to go over before we dive into the Scripture. First is we need to be able to teach. Meaning... If you love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, that means that you spend time in God's Word, you know God's Word, that's what you're going to teach them. You're going to teach them about Jesus. You're going to talk to them about Jesus. And, and understanding, like when we encourage others, even here at church, uh, I, I mean, I understand. I, I should be no more football talk because the Cowboys are done, Right? It's, I, I had somebody, we were eating dinner yesterday, and the guy's like, I'm not putting on my cowboy stuff the rest of the year. I was like, dude, man, you're, if you're a fan, you're a fan, you know? It's like, you don't quit on your team like that. But at the end of the day, we talk about those things on Sunday, right? We talk about the kids. We talk about school, right? Those things are important. But let me tell you what's really important is for you to have conversations that are spiritually meaningful spiritually meaningful because the person you're talking to may be masking what's going on that happens a lot they'll tell you hey everything's great doing great family's good and then it all implodes and you're like bro why don't you just be real with me and just tell me what's going on so i can pray with you so i can talk with you so i can try to help you 
See, when we when we actually meet with somebody and we're we're spending time with them and walking life with them, it's not just to to talk to them about sports. I'm discipling somebody right now. Doesn't attend this church. He's like, hey, I need help. That's the deal. What are we gonna do? Let's go through the word of God for a few weeks. It's like I'm dry, man. I'm I'm struggling. I have a brand new child and we're trying to figure out the schedule and not finding time to be in the Word, and I'm just I'm struggling as a husband, as a father. And you point them to Christ. Because you know what? Somebody did it for me. Somebody did it for me. And some of you are sitting here, and somebody's done it for you. And you can remember that person. Like, you know exactly who that person was that when you first gave your life to Jesus Christ, that, that person that walked with you and was there with you and taught you. Mine was Louis Delgado. From El Paso, Texas, sweetest guy, but man, let me tell you something. You don't—he don't want the sugar. He wants the meat. He wants to know what's going on so he can pray for you. Because he was dead serious about praying for you, but he was dead serious about pointing you not to Louis Delgado, but to Christ. And that's important. And let me tell you, I was floundering. I was three months into faith, and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I have no clue. What do you mean I'm supposed to read the Word of God? I got a King James Bible. I can't even read it. I'm struggling. Somebody decided to spend time and walk life with me. And it's important. So the first thing we do is teach. Second, we correct. Now this is probably one of the hardest things that you'll ever do as a disciple. Or somebody who you're discipling. One, none of us want to be corrected. Right? None of us like to be corrected. Man, I, I tell you what, I don't like it. But you know what? I need it. I need to be corrected too. And, and, and as long as I'm teachable, because we should all be teachable, because when somebody's no longer teachable, you need to spend time focusing on somebody else in at that point. Because if they're not taking your counsel, they're not, they're, not, they're not understanding, like you're saying, hey, look, I know this is sin. And, you're not, and it, it says here in the Word of God that you're doing wrong. And you're still, you still don't want to listen. And you're calling me at 3 in the morning, you're calling me at 2 in the morning, and we're just going round and round, and I'm like, I'm trying to share with you, like, like when I, the way I see this is like, just imagine you're an invisible man, and I have a, a bucket of paint, and when I throw that paint on you, the sins reveal. You can't hide it. You're not hiding it from God. And correction is probably one of the hardest things that, that, that we go through as, as, as we disciple people. But it's also something that to remember is like, doesn't it say that God corrects us? Because He loves you. And after we teach, we correct, we model. Meaning that we model Christ to others. This is where that thing is, is if you love your Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind, if you're not doing that, you're not going to model discipleship to somebody. You're going to model something that you've come up with in a relationship with God. And, and I'm going to tell you what, it's not going to end well. We have to be an example of Christ. Just like that song is saying, we, we, we want to mirror you, Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, it says, for, uh, for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Part of modeling is not just words. 
That means I have to actually model what we do, right? Outside of church, in church. I have to be, I'm the same person. I, I mean, we were cutting up and laughing at the, you know, at the house when we were, we had the, um, I mean, Ruben and Michelle, praise God, they opened up their home and we did a movie night and it was, it was a blessed time. But I was laughing the whole time. I, I was like, we were talking about bad food and we've all eaten some bad food, man. Right, and, and so, but it was like, it was just, I love that because it, it's not just, it has to be who we are. Like, if we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and all of our mind, that's who we are. And people should, remember I told you last week that they recognized Peter, that Peter and them had been with who? Jesus. And that's what they should recognize with you, with your relationship with Christ, with your time in the Word, with your time in prayer, with your time... Uh, sharing the gospel and, and speeching uh, your speech with grace and salt, they go, man, that person is walking with God. There's something different about that person. That's what it should be. And then finally, as we, we mirror Christ, we also have to have the love of Christ. We need to understand that's that agape love that we're talking about. That's a sacrificial love. That means you're, you're discipling the person without expecting anything in return. You're sacrificing your time because you love him because Christ loves him or her. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And also in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, Let us consider how we may spurn one another towards love. In good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I love that. Let us consider how we may spurn one another on towards love and good works. We encourage each other. Look, I, man, I, I have been through, I have seen people that have lost, you know, because being in church for some time and, and seeing somebody who, especially a, a, a mom who's lost a child and the heartbreak that is and to see the sisters actually the, the women in Christ that were there at that church that surrounded her and loved on the family and loved on her it's like we're supposed to be here for each other not just in the good times but also the, the bad times and let me tell you something you're going to have bad times as, as we were listening to Greg Laurie this morning on the way to the church, it's a wonderful show. It's called Refresh Worship, and it's actually on KYRQ now on at, at 8 o'clock in the morning, and it's worship. And then in between there is the Word of God. And one of the things he said, he goes, it rains on the just and the unjust. We all go through it. Life kicks everybody. And if it hasn't kicked you yet, it will. If you, if you talk to somebody in their 70s, you'll know. Because they, they'll, they'll let you know what it is to, to lose a child or to, to have to bury a mom or a dad. But we have to love one another. We have to be there for each other. But again, I, I think one of the things that's very important that we understand is as we talk about discipleship, if you're a mom or a dad, that starts at home first. So if you're a single mom, it starts with you. If you're a dad, it starts... Man, let me tell you something. God has called you to be the pastor of your home. Discipleship starts with you. You cannot go disciple other people if your family's all jacked up. Because God wants you focused on your wife. 
your kids. And what people will do is they'll go, man, they're hard to deal with. I'll go decide, this person, I, I love spending time with this person, but you won't even do that with your wife or your husband. Discipleship starts in the home with moms and dads. In Psalm 127, verses 4 and 5, like arrows in the hand of, of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. And I love that because he's talking about you have these wonderful children. And you're happy because you're full of them. You got a, 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 the, the arrows are full, the quivers are good. And guess what? If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you can point those arrows where they need to go. And God is going to be with them because the foundations be set for them. But let me tell you, some of y'all, and this is important, some of y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm basically, when I, when I tell you where are you pointing the kids, if you're not discipling your kids with Christ, what's happening is it's like I'm putting a blindfold on you, spinning you around and tell you, okay, go ahead and shoot. Because that's where your kids are going to end up. You have no idea because you're not spending time discipling your children. You're not building the foundation for your kids. But guess what? If dad's not going to spend time in God's Word, it's not the kid's fault. It's dad's fault. If mom's not going to spend the time in Word trying to build up her kids, build up her daughter to show her that there's value. Value. Value doesn't come from the culture. Value comes from God. That's who we look to. Last thing I want is my child looking at Cardi B. What's wrong with y'all? It's pornography for the years. You got little kids on TikTok dancing and that stuff. What are you pointing your kids to? Because that's discipleship. Discipleship starts in the home and then comes into the church. And then from out of the church, it flows into the community. Now, do you understand why the church is hurting so bad? Because, again, if we're looking at our, at, our, at our model that Jesus gives us here, as we start in verse 25, a disciple must come after me and die daily. In verse 25, it says, Now the great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them. And so what we need to stop here is, is you see that there is a great crowd following him. Okay? So there is a huge crowd following Jesus. And you know what they're following him for? The show. I want to see him cast out a demon. I want to see him do a miracle. I want some free food. Man, I heard I thought he was a good teacher. Let me hear what he says. And there's only a small amount that's actually following him because of the relationship that they have with him. You have this huge multitude. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to disappear. And there'll be a small amount that follow him. And it reminds me when we talk about the wide road and the narrow road. A lot of people think they're on that narrow road. When things get shaken out, you're going to end up on that wide road if you're not careful. But he had all these people that were following him. And you had, you know, even to the point where they thought, hey, this is the guy. I'm going to follow this guy because he's going to take over the Roman Empire. No, that's not why he came. He came because our, our, our debt of sin could not be paid. And he died on the cross for us. He died for the sins of the world. It says, If anyone comes after me, in verse 26, to me and does not hate his father, his mother, wife, and children, brothers, sisters, yes, and his own life, he can also be my disciple. 
Now, I'm sure that there are probably some of us here that go, yeah, I'm good. I, can, I don't need to see my brother again. Or I don't need to see mom again. Mom's driving me crazy. But that's not what he's talking about. The word hate here is not the word that we think of as hate. The word in the Greek actually means the position. It's the position. Meaning that God takes precedence over everything. Everything. Your wife, your kids, your job, everything. Everything. And, and that's where we struggle is because what we do is we, we're, we're, we're like, wait a minute, man. I, my wife has to come first. No. Because if you put God first, it takes care of the marriage. It takes care of the family. Because what you're doing is you're loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and you're going, you know what, Lord, you help me be the husband I need to be. You help me be the father that I need to be. Let me be the worker. Shame on y'all if you're a worker that doesn't represent Christ at your job. You're cutting out early. You're taking a, you got an hour lunch and you're going an hour and 30 minutes. And they're looking at you going, I thought you were a Christian. Lunch was over at one. Why are you rolling back in here at two? It's like it should affect every area of our life. And that's what he's saying. He said, I, I take precedence. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, it says, For you were bought, with a, bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It's like understanding that when I put Christ first, the precedence is there, is that, is that when God's first, then I'm able to glorify God in my marriage and glorify God in my family because I'm walking with the Lord. He's saying, I go above all. And what he's trying to do is he's saying, look, the only thing that needs to come out of the equation because he says it there is he says, in his own life also. He's like, hey, uh, you need to remove yourself out of the equation too. Oh, wait a minute. I like me. No. You need to understand, like, God is calling you to be a new creation in Christ. And all that old stuff that used to be you is gone. He's, he's removing it. And, and the understanding is, is that what, what he's saying is, is like all that self-centeredness that you have and narcissistic behavior goes. And some of you are following the unholy trinity. Me, myself, and I. It's all about me. It's all about where I want to eat. It's all about what I want to do. No. He's saying, look, you remove yourself out of the equation. He, he, he gives us the example of this because he's saying, well, even when you put yourself above me, it's idolatry. When you put yourself above Christ, it's idolatry. And Jesus gives us the example in the book of Mark, in Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. It says, Then his brothers and his mother's came, uh, mother came, and standing outside, they, uh, they sat to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And he looked around at, uh, in a circle at those who had said about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever, for whoever does the will of God is my mother, is my brother and my sister and my mother. So even Jesus, in reverence to God, right? Fully God, fully human, but in reverence to God, stays on mission because he's there ministering to those people there where the mom heard 
that Jesus, her son, hadn't been eaten, that he hadn't been in his right mind, that he had been awake for more than 24 hours, and he's been ministering, casting out demons, and healing people, and he's not taking care of his well-being. I need to see my son. And Jesus is like, no, I'm here doing, I'm, Mom, I'm doing the ministry. I'm doing the work that my father called me to do because God comes first, and he stayed on mission. And it's a good thing for us because even when I look at that scripture, it's a reminder to us that, that the place of Mary, because in Catholicism, when I grew up in, we always, we, people prayed to Mary. And, and we see in this position that even Jesus submitted to God the Father and did not put her into a place of, hey, I need to stop doing my ministry because I need to go out here and serve my mother. It's important for us to, to see that. He stays on mission. And, and sometimes, I don't know what it is, we, we spend... So much time as we look at look at that scripture, we, we, we spend so much time trying to focus on everybody else, or we're focusing on ourselves, and God is saying, look, I need to be first. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station it's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you and I would say um, make that donation to them I hope that you have a wonderful wonderful day God bless you remember you can find us at calvarydivine.org calvarydivine.org God bless you